Blog Talk Radio. Hello? Please stay tuned for Brandon's Buzz. I'm Joan Van Ark, and the buzz is hot. This is Gloria Loring, and I've just been buzzed by Brandon, and I gave Brandon some buzz. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Gordon Thompson speaking. And I want to tell you that I have appeared on Brandon's Buzz, and I had a great time. And I think you will too, so please log on and have a look. Hey guys, and welcome to Brandon's Buzz. It's March 2nd, 2009. It's 5 p.m. here in Texas, 6 p.m. back east, and 3 p.m. out in the west. And uh, you're here with a great guest. It's going to be a great show tonight, and I appreciate you coming by and, and tuning in. Um, uh, some quick program notes. I've got a full week lined up this week. Uh, tonight with a great guest. Tomorrow night with an actor named Royal Andrews. He was on General Hospital several years ago, and he's just started a new website kind of dedicated to fitness and human wellness, and he's going to stop by and talk about that and talk about his amazing career. That's tomorrow night. Uh, Wednesday night, I've got a couple of girls who run the OneTreeHillWeb.net website. It's pretty much the most comprehensive One Tree Hill resource on the web. Uh, my best friend Sherry Ann, who is the biggest One Tree Hill fan on the globe, is helping me co-host that one. That's Wednesday. Thursday, I've got a great lady named Claire Massey, uh, she was the lead singer of a, of a great 90s band called Tanny Show, and uh, she's even though they they folded, you know, good lord, 18 years ago or, or better, um, she's still in the music business, still making great music, and she's coming by to talk about the music she's up to now and the great music she made back then. So that's on Thursday. So it's a full week this week. You can find me at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. That is this show's website, and you can listen to the show, you can download old shows, and you can leave comments, and I encourage you to do so. The guys at Blog Talk Radio, they really look at the download stats, the listen stats, and the comments. Uh, and so I, I appreciate it if you stop by and, and leave a comment, say hi, tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like, what I could be doing better. You can also send me an email from that site. It's blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz. Uh, you can also find me at... My blog, brandonsbuzz.com, there's a full radio archive there. Just click the radio button. It'll take you to a page with all my shows, and you can listen to the shows, and you can look at the banners that my great pal Joanne makes for the show for me to advertise the shows. That's my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. You can also download this show from iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. I'm on iTunes right next to my guest today. Uh, just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes search box, Go down to the podcast section and click on Brandon's Buzz, and you can subscribe to the show, or you can download individual episodes as podcasts from iTunes. So I'm all over the net. 
there is literally no excuse not to find me because I am all over the place. Just Google Brandon's Buzz and you'll find something related to me. I guarantee it. Uh, so it's a full week next week, and it's a great show today. Uh, and I've got a great lady here. You know, among her biggest fans, a couple of folks you may have heard of, George Jones, Sean Colvin, Ron Sexsmith, no less a discerning ear for talent and quality than Lucinda Williams calls her the folk world's Nina Simone. She grabbed everyone's ear in the fortuitous Austin explosion of 1997 and 8 with her forceful, magnetic, brilliant debut disc, River Under the Road, and she hasn't looked back since. Now out with her sixth album, The Gorgeous Road to My Love, she's come by the buzz this evening to talk about the new record and to discuss her extraordinary career. What a great thrill to welcome to my show today the terrific Anna Eggie. Hi, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I tell you what, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time, and it's a, it's really a great honor to have you on my show tonight, so thank you for stopping by. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's get the boring stuff out of the way first. Give me the 60-second the bio on Anna Eggie. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Where did you go to school? Um, I was born in Canada, and um, my folks moved to North Dakota where I grew up. And then we moved to New Mexico, and then I came to Austin after high school. Um, and I've lived around since then. Now I live in New York. Okay. So that's the short answer. <laughs> <laughs> and is it New York City proper, or is it is it somewhere else in the state? Brooklyn, New York. Wow. Yeah. Is that a is that a big culture shock from uh, the, the the Dakotas or New Mexico or? Definitely. I mean, for day in, day out, yeah, it's pretty wild. It took a long time to get used to. I bet. Um, you know, going outside, being all concrete rather than dirt <laughs> and feet, you know. Absolutely. So did you always know you could sing? Did you always kind of knew, know that you had a, a, a compelling voice? Well, I, my parents really encouraged um I had three sisters. They encouraged all of us to sing, and um, I didn't really. I mean, I enjoyed singing, but I really wanted to play the guitar, and that was what kind of brought me into finding my singing voice, actually, because I just wanted to play guitar and lead. And I started playing in a band and got roped into singing. Okay. And then at a certain point, I think I I started loving singing as much as playing the guitar. Excellent. <laughs> Probably maybe when I started writing. And did did you always kind of write? Did you always kind of journal in your youth, or or was it something you kind of fell into? Actually, that I have my parents to thank for that too. My mom um, is an English teacher, and she wow. had us all write in our journals every day. So it was a practice that started early and was encouraged, you know. Yeah, and was she ever your English teacher? Um, what, yeah, she was assistant teacher, I think, when I was in fourth grade. Okay. It was a small school, a small public school up in North Dakota where I think it was fourth, fifth, and sixth grades all in one classroom. So it was wow. a small school, yeah. Yeah. So I, that can be a, a double-edged sword, I, I would think, you know, having to go home with your teacher at night. I was really shy, so it was actually kind of nice. Okay. I was scared of the other teachers. 
do you remember the first time your voice got a, got a big reaction from maybe I don't know a couple of people in your family or a crowd? Do you remember the first kind of kind of really big reaction you got? Oh, good question. I think I got good feedback from really early on in the bluegrass band when I was a teenager, but I don't think I really believed people or something like that. I don't think it really <laughs> sank in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, but there has been times when, um, I've just like, I don't know, developed, you know, you, you work at something and all of a sudden something becomes easy that you never could do before. Absolutely. My yeah. voice has gone through phases of, um, kind of opening up in range, being able to sing higher and lower and expanding kind of and, Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I'm kind of I kind of went off the rails there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who who did you listen to as a kid? Did you grow up in a, in kind of a musical household, or were you kind of the the black sheep in terms of in terms of wanting to make music, wanting to wanting to sing? Uh, my parents are huge music fans and lots of friends too. So I grew up listening to what they had, like you know. Um, Dolly Parton, uh, Bob Marley, Emily Harris, Grateful Dead, Bob Dylan. Um, they really liked songwriters. They liked singer-songwriters before they were called that. <laughs> uh, Randy Newman, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And in, how about in terms of, of, of singers? Who did you, who did you uh, I don't know, who did you look up to? Who did you try to emulate? Um, I really loved Bonnie Raitt. Um, she was a huge influence on me, and I love Tracy Chapman. Um, Absolutely. Dolly Parton. Yeah, but then I I I remember hearing Lucinda's first record, and really, um, just kind of getting it. You know, I was like, oh, she's writing these songs. This is about her life, and I totally get it, and I love it. You know. Absolutely. Bonnie Raitt, I, I loved her. I loved her performance and her voice and her guitar playing and her band. But it wasn't some kind of like, oh, I get what this. This is about you know these artists that are expressing things in their and they're amazing musicians and singers. So that's when I kind of started writing a lot and getting more into songs that were like that, like Randy Newman once again, <laughs> or Joni Mitchell, or you know Bob Dylan. You bet. You bet. And, did you go to a lot of concerts as a kid? Did, did you, um, were you, um, I don't know, were you kind of exposed to live music a lot as a kid? Um, not a whole lot. I mean, there was a bluegrass festival that we'd go to once a year. Um, I would go out to see anything that came through, but it was such a small town. Um, I went to see a couple dead shows in my teenage years, <laughs> and uh, Santana, that kind of thing. But it was like when we, this is when we lived in New Mexico, and we had we'd have to go to Tucson, Arizona, or Phoenix, or Albuquerque to see shows, pretty much. So. Wow! And did I mean did you do that often or not very often? Or? Well, maybe a couple times a year as a teenager, or something like that. So when I, you know, heard about Austin and. <laughs> um, 
it was just like, I got to go there. <laughs> I came and visited here when I was 15. Wow. And um, and that was, I mean, I knew I wanted to live here, so I came as soon as I graduated. <laughs> and what year was this? That was 1995. Oh, wow. Okay, so you got here right in time. Yeah, it was, um, everything about it was pretty magical. <laughs> um, Sarah Brown, um, the bassist, was my main connection to here because I lived in New Mexico with her family, or they were our neighbors, her sister and um, her nieces. So when Sarah Brown would come through New Mexico, she'd tell me all these stories about Austin, and I knew that she played with, like, Bonnie Raitt and Albert Collins and all these amazing people, and so um, when I got here, she kind of just took me around and introduced me to everybody. Excellent. It was pretty awesome. And who, who do you remember? I don't know. I don't know how I want to ask this. Um, let's go. To, where did where did you? I mean, did you come here with a definite plan, or or were you just kind of playing it by ear? Um. Well. I guess when I came, I came here before I moved here and made a demo after coming to visit a couple times. Okay. Um, with Dave Sanger and uh, Sarah Brown producing, and it had some of the people that ended up being on River Under the Road. Mhm. But we did it really fast and really cheap, and it was a cassette, you know. So um, I had that for about a year and a half. I went back to New Mexico, you know, put that out. This is when I was like. 18 or something, wow. seven. I don't remember. It was a while ago. And then, um, <laughs> and then, then after I, you know, got out of school, and uh, maybe six months after getting out of school, I came over here and actually moved here. Okay. And um, so I had, so I hoped that I would make a, you know, make a record. And I had written a couple more songs, and I wrote a couple more songs. That one you played before, Ferris to the Mall. Absolutely, my favorite song of yours. Oh. Thank you. Love it. Love it. I remember I was living over by um, Ray Hennig's Heart of Texas Music, and uh, I had started making River Under the Road with um, Dave and Asleep at the Wheel, and I needed a couple more songs, and he was, they, you know, people were pitching me songs to cover, and they, I loved them, like Bruce Robeson songs and all these different people, and um, actually, I almost recorded sold, uh Traveling Soldier. Oh, wow. Isn't that funny? I almost did it. But then I wrote two more songs, and one of them was Ferris to the Mall. Okay. And one of them was Native Iron. Those are the last two songs. Okay. For that record. But, yeah. How did you know that you were ready to, to, uh, to make a I mean, I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you just make a decision one day, I'm ready to make a record? Or do you just kind of fall into it? I mean, how, how did you know that, that it was something you wanted to do? You wanted to be a part of that? I think because I fell in love with songwriting. After kind of my voice caught up with my, my love of the guitar, then I, like, started... Because I was learning so many songs by people I liked. And um, I don't know, I just started writing. Okay. It all seemed pretty natural. And then I guess once I... Pretty much, I I would say, when you have a certain number of songs that you think are good and are kind of connected somehow, 
Mm-hmm. Time to make a record. <laughs> and it, it, you know, if you only have eight or nine, then you have the impetus to really come through with a couple Absolutely. of just want to live out to the rest, you know. And that's usually how it happens. It really, like, there's always one or two that, like, I have to, you know, fit on there at the end. Inspiring. Yeah. How long did it take you to record River Under the Road? Was it a, was it a pretty fast process or? or... Hmm, you know, I don't remember exactly, but I don't think it was. I don't think it took that long. I think it was like two weeks. Wow. Um, I think it was really pretty fast. I mean, one of the songs actually, Souls Out Sailing, was lifted directly from the demo cassette. We used the same exact recording. And a lot of the other songs, you know, a lot of the people had played them already. It was all pretty fast. They're like, oh, yeah, this song, let's do it. You know, and they're all such great players. So, yeah, it was pretty quick. Excellent. You know, we mentioned Fairest of Them All, which is my favorite song of yours. Is there a story behind that song? Um, There is, but I don't really want to tell it. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) So... I, how I found out about you, and I don't remember exactly where it was or or the uh, the uh, circumstances exactly, but I read an article or I heard a story uh, about Sean Colvin, who was one of my favorite songwriters and favorite singers. Uh, she was praising you. She was recommending your album, and I don't remember exactly how or where. I may have heard it on radio or read it in the Chronicle. I'm not sure exactly exactly how, but that's how I found you. Um, oh, that's awesome. How did how did you find out that Sean Colvin had had spoken so highly of you? Well, I, I was a huge fan of hers too. Around the same Absolutely. time as Trevor Lucinda, um, that was pretty much it, you know. Um, and I was working, I was working at um, Tom Ellis's shop, um, who does inlay work on guitars and um, builds mandolins. Mm-hmm. And I was working on um, doing inlay there, and Tom comes into the workshop and says, Emma, there's somebody on the phone for you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he had this weird look on his face. And I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and it's Sean Colvin. And it's her saying that she loves the record and she's been listening to it on her boat and all this stuff, and she wants me to do shows with her. And wow. I'm just kind of standing there holding the phone, you know. Okay. I think I would love to do that right now. <laughs> and that was, you know, the beginning. And this was this was in the immediate wake of Sunny Came Home kind of breaking through for her. And so uh, yeah. I, I would imagine that she had considerably higher traffic at her shows in those days. Oh, it was like, yeah, it was absolutely so great. Like just sold out theaters and wow. so much uh, energy and support. And she was just rocking every show and she took me all the way across the country like her whole east coast and west coast tours how fantastic had had you done had you had you been doing live performing uh up to that point yeah once i started playing in the bluegrass band when i was a teenager i kind of just kept playing nonstop. i mean it became more and more and more but we would have back then we'd have maybe a show every couple months you know yeah so when I moved to Austin, I was playing everywhere I could, and and then I my first tour after River came out was with uh, Jimmy Dale, okay. Fillmore, yeah. 
But um, Sean really has been such a an amazing um, support for so long. Like she's just done so many great things for me. Talk about an artist too. I mean, you know, she doesn't make a record very often, but whenever she does, every song is just is bliss. Every song. I know. I know. She is unbelievable. And she's a great guitar player. Oh my! Yes. Uh, I don't think there's anything that that she that she can't do. <laughs> a little fly, maybe. <laughs> so you know, I had I had uh, Aubrey Moore on my show a couple weeks ago, and she's a great Austin musician. Yes, she is. And we, you know, we, we kind of talked a little about that great Austin explosion at the end of the '90s, mm-hmm. which saw people like you know you and her and Sean Colvin, Sister Seven, Patty Griffin, Kelly Willis, Fastball, uh, okay. Casey Crowley, kind of breaking through on a national stage. Yeah. And it looked for a while there like Austin was going to become the new Seattle. You know, uh, Seattle in the early 90s gave birth to Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and all those grunge bands, and it kind of became the epicenter of a movement. And it looked like Austin was going to do that exact same thing at the end of the 90s. And uh, I don't know, it, it. you don't want to say it fizzled out because that's really kind of harsh, but but looking back in hindsight, it was it was more of a flash in the pan than an explosion. Um, I but I think Austin is a cons- consistent um, fountain of talent. I mean, it's always putting, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess Seattle is too, but there's just been so many people over the years and still now that come from here that um, are just so awesome. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Do you have any idea why it didn't really take hold the way it looked like it was going to? I mean, a little while before that, it was really huge. The blues here was just crazy, right? And, like, Stevie Ray, and um, this was before I got here, but um, I know it was really alive. And then before that, the armadillo and everything. Um, I don't know. I think that there's still a lot of people that are from and of that beginning that are still waiting to, like, blossom on a bigger scale. Like me, for example. <laughs> I'm still waiting to take the world by storm. <laughs> it could happen now. <laughs> Listen, you're you're on your way. Don't don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I tell you what, this new record is really really great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, who did, when when you first came here, and how long did you stay here? Uh, five years. Okay. When you first came here. Who did you who did you see that was unknown at the time that went on to become uh, kind of a, a a big star or, or a bigger star? Hmm. Did you see anybody that? So many people. Well, I mean, like seeing Buddy Miller and and um, Jim Lauderdale at the Continental, and I mean, um, big huge. Well, Eliza was not playing much at all, and she's doing great, and um, hmm, I guess Patty Griffin opened for Jimmy Dale the tour before I did, <laughs> oh. so she's really written so much since then, and um, oh. hmm, she's great. Gosh, let me think. I mean, there's so many people that started around the same time. Austin has a really great way of really kind of um, 
really supporting real musicians, you know. Um, some places in L.A. and New York, it's kind of more about the show or the style or something, you know. Yeah. But Austin really has a natural way of weeding out and finding, like, the really good stuff. I mean, you know, like, Austin bands that are big, like the Gores, like, I saw their first few gigs, you know. Mm-hmm. So many people like that. Um, and is is there a very competitive spirit amongst Austin musicians, or do, do you guys kind of band together and kind of support each other? You know what I'm saying? Is 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 there is I mean is the, is it kind of cutthroat, or is it is it warmer than that? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's cutthroat. I definitely don't see it that way. But maybe some people. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of. I see musicians like a family. Um, worldwide, kind of. I mean, it's really like a certain type of person, and you have so much in common. It's easy to. Uh, kind of band together. But maybe it's just your perception. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you were inside of it for for quite a number of years, so you've kind of got yeah. the insider's view of That's true. Of how things were. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, do you, I, I, I'm going to assume that you prefer live performing to studio work, but but maybe I'm wrong about that. Is that is that fair or no? Um, I think I like both equally well. Okay. They're very, I mean, the great thing about the studio is that there's such a, an amazing focus, and it's almost like the moment is more spacious, so the music is just so full. I don't know if that makes any sense, but there's not, uh, there's not um, anything else going on, and so that's pretty amazing, but but the same thing with an audience. There can be that same thing at the moment, and everyone's, like, you know, experiencing this thing at the same time. Absolutely. Um, And the energy, though, is, like, can be, is what's so different. It can be so exciting when you're getting energy back. And then um, that's, it can be much more energetic and kind of, I don't know, uh, spur of the moment. But they're very, I, I like both. I like both a lot. Okay. I really like being able to, like, push myself to do the best, you know, both ways. But when you can listen back to everything in the studio, it's like, oh. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, tell, me, tell me this. How do, how do you make records? Do you make them kind of piecemeal, or, or do you take the approach of let's all get in there at the same time and record it? Um, I've done both. Okay. And it's... um. It's always different depending on, like I said, when you have the songs ready and then who is, what players are available, you know, because everyone's always working. So yeah. if, if they're on tour, then you wait or, you know, depends on what the songs want to, like what players I should invite and okay. a lot of scheduling that goes on <laughs> a lot. So, yeah, sometimes it works out and you're all together for two whole weeks, you know. And do you have a preference either way? You know, I just read this interesting thing where Prince said that, um, or an engineer actually talking about Prince's process, and he was saying that Prince liked to work on one song until it was finished. So, like, one song, 
all the way, all day, or if it goes into the next day, until it's mixed, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. I think I might like to try that. Wow. It's very different. Absolutely. I don't know. I think you got to keep it fresh, too. You know, there's always things that worked before, but you can't start there, you know, mm-hmm. as much as you can. So... I'm a, you know, go with the flow type of person. <laughs> so on average, how how many vocals does it take and, until you know that you've nailed it? Well, it's usually pretty fast unless there's any, I mean, it's usually within the first three takes, I would say. Okay. But sometimes when I'm still writing or figuring out the melody, then it's a more exploratory kind of thing. How's that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep going on and on. No, it's fine. And tell me, tell me. I don't want to use up all your time if you have <laughs> No, it's cool. It's cool. This is this is a forum for you and you exclusively. So. Oh, thank you. Tell me this. What is what is your own barometer for quality? How do how do you know when you've got it, and how do you know when it needs more? I can't say that um, I always know what I'm looking for, but I do hear um, ideas for what would what the song would want, what would, what would want to go there with my parts. And um, but then in general, I kind of find the players that I really love, how they play and what they do, and so then I have them come in and do what they're going to do on the song, and then it seems like. I don't know. That's a hard, hard question. My barometer. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, to, put you have to really feel, it has to be, the song, the recording has to be relating what the song's about in all ways, in like, you know, presentation and form, lyrically, you know, melodically it wants to keep you where that song's lyrics are about, you know? And so the recording... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is only to enhance that main thing, whatever the song's about, we're trying to relate. Okay. Do you produce yourself or do you work with a producer? I Well, I produce, I co-produce, yeah. And Excellent. I, um, definitely, yeah, more and more <laughs> taking the reins and kind of knowing what, what, what I hear kind of thing. But, yeah, it's really fun. And like I said, knowing the people that I like and what they play, and I can bring the horn players in and like hum them where I hear it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, it's really fun. But I mean, in relation to like how I choose what's good or what I think's good, I think everyone knows for themselves what they think is good, right? Exactly. You'd like to think so, anyway. You know. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, people like what they like, and. But I've had just so many, so many friends and family and strangers even like turn me on to such amazing music and writers too, and um, you know it's almost like learning or studying studying anything. The more you are exposed to great greatness and creativity across the board, the more you know you kind of have something to relate things to. You know, absolutely. No Ray Charles. You know, it's like you know if you listen to it enough, you're like, that is good. 
And when you compare you bet. Stevie Wonder, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you're like, you can absorb and be like, okay, compared to <laughs> what I think is something real, you know? <laughs> and you, men- you mentioned Prince earlier. I mean, you know, when you hear a Prince record, you know you're listening to a Prince record. There's no doubt about it. Right. <laughs> you know, talk about, when you talk about producing yourself, do you ever miss, uh, the objective ear of of an outside person. Do you ever do you ever think, you know, maybe I'm too close to this sometimes? Well, yeah, that's the beauty of co-producing, and that's my friend Jason Mercer, the bass player who plays with me, has done the last three records with me, and that's when it's great, and that's he's the reason why I know that I get it within the first three takes because I'll keep going. <laughs> <I'll be> like, <laughs> okay, I have another idea, and he'll be like. How do I listen to this one? Just a second. This is take number two, you know? I'm like, oh, that's good. You know, it is. You need that. You need you need perspective, whether it's another producer or engineer or band member. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about Lazy Days. You're kind of, you're, you're known as a singer-songwriter, and so, you know, you know what the process of writing a song is like. Um, is it is it hard for you to do a covers record when when I don't know how I want to say it. It's it's um when you know how hard it is to be a songwriter and and um you know you're kind of known for doing your own material. Was it hard for you to kind of step in and say, okay, I want to do these songs now, and and or was it easier for you in a way to to do different people's songs? Well, I. Like I said, I've always liked learning other people's songs and getting inside of them and what, seeing why I like them so much, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm consistently doing that, too, just for fun. But um, this was an idea that just kind of struck me. And then I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed learning and playing the songs. And I think it was also good to take a break from my catalog, you know, and because it has brought new life to those songs to like have toured the whole record last year of mostly covers. Um, and also it gave me time to finish writing the songs that are on the new one. Excellent. Um, because at that time I didn't, I didn't have enough songs that I was in love with um, of my own to do a full record. And this lazy idea came up. I was like, that's not six songs. <laughs> And it did free up different production ideas, too, just because I wasn't so attached or somehow connected personally to what was being expressed in the song that I wrote kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It was a little bit more lighthearted. I think it was really perfect timing. Take a break. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you like the way that record turned out? Lazy? I love it. It's such an expression of that band. I mean, it was really... It was a very much a band band record um, that I've been playing with there in New York for a while. Anton Fear, Tony Shear, and Jason Mercer, and Chris Brown sometimes on keys. So um, it was fun to bring them after they'd been playing my own my songs for years to bring them in on this thing. You know, it was it was fun. It was just like let's play new songs by people that we love. You know. <laughs> And what what kind of feedback did you get from the people you covered? You know what? I don't, I don't know if I've even... I mean, Ron Sexsmith said something really sweet. 
Um, I don't think I really heard from anybody else in particular. Okay. I got I went to see Ray Davies, but I didn't get to meet him. <laughs> so close. <laughs> So let's talk about the new record. Let's talk about the new record, Road to My Love. Mm, yeah. Are you satisfied with it? I love it. It's such a great record. <laughs> Thank you. I really do. I love it. So, fun. so my favorite song is, is the first track, is Storm Coming. Um, is there a story behind that one that we can hear? That one um, really evolved from a couple different places. Um, but basically it's about it's about being in a relationship or a situation where you know what you're going to get out of it and it's not good but you can't not go after it because okay. somehow it's worth it still does that make sense? Mm-hmm. absolutely so it's you know you, have, you know you have your own choice but you still know what you're getting yourself into, and you're still going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you got to work on this record with one of my favorite groups, and they've been kind of under the radar for, for way too long, and, and they are, uh, they're called the Be Good Tanyas. Um, mm-hmm. They came in and did some harmony work with you on one of the songs. Did you actually get to sing with them, or, or did, they, did you record your vocals separately? Um, we did record them separately. Um, I asked them to sing. They invited me out on tour with them um, on the West Coast tour here and then in the UK. And we all got along really great. And um, they're just wonderful. I love seeing them play. If you can ever see them, everyone listening, you should. Um, These songs that I really felt like are kind of soul folk or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is kind of how I would describe their music, really. Like, just very laid back and kind of soulful, but just undeniably folky. And uh, and so, you know, I just called them, and they were into it, so we sent the files over there to Vancouver. And what wow. they did is so beautiful. Yeah, I love their parts. They're so great. They have a great song that they released years ago called The Littlest Birds. Anybody who's listening, go find it on iTunes. It's a fantastic song. Um, I don't. Uh, it's. I don't know. If you if you just read the lyrics, if you just kind of read the words, it, on the face of it, it's kind of goofy. But but you know what they do with the words and with the music is uh, it's nothing short of glorious. I think. Yeah, pretty great. I think they are really wow. fantastic, and and the mix of their voices with yours is um, even though I guess I guess you can. I don't know. You can kind of say that that you two do similar things, but but I, I don't know. It's yeah, they have their own thing. I think definitely. absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's it's two very unique unique um, in products is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But the, the mix of the two is was absolutely intoxicating. It's it's really great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so. One, the one question that I've asked all the musicians who have been on this show, uh, and I want to get your take on it, you know, okay. the, so, the so-called digital revolution has radically and forever changed the way that we receive and process music. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Has it, has it changed the way that you create music? 
Uh, well, I do, instead of recording on my little cassette thing, when I have a melodic idea or guitar part, you know, I don't want, don't want to forget, I'll turn on my garage band now. <laughs> Besides that, not really. No, it's still about finding something that I, that I want to keep playing or keep singing or something that I have to express somehow, um, writing it out. So when you sit down to conceive or even sequence an album, uh, do you do you kind of block out the fact that that you know the majority of people don't listen to albums anymore, or or do you do you no. use that do you I mean, use that, that knowledge? In... It does. It has occurred to me, yes, but I do so love the art of sequencing and having a record sound um, like it works just right one song to the next. Yeah, Absolutely. that matters a lot to me. That takes a long time and a lot of <laughs> hair pulling. <laughs> it is something that I kind of torture myself over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's really important. But I mean, you're right. Maybe it's maybe it doesn't matter to many people. <laughs> but you know. And so has has this digital revolution changed? How has this digital revolution changed the way you receive and process music? Do you still go to the record store? Do you still? Yeah, I do. I still, I still like um, buying actual CDs. Or Me too. No question about it. I think it sounds they sound better for sure, and it's fun to have the artwork. Um, and just just having a just having an actual transaction with a human being, you know, handing over money, getting something for it in return, ripping yeah, it open, you know. Right, knowing what's been put into it. <laughs> yeah, but but I I do definitely in the last I don't know many years I do listen to a lot of people online, you know, and, it's, and that's that's amazing I think to be able to jump on Lala or you know MySpace or whatever because read a little something about some band you don't know of and <clears throat> absolutely you can immediately check it out and be like oh I like that or that you bet. And then you can buy it instantaneously. Exactly, but I but but I don't like to do that. I like to go somewhere and buy it. <laughs> the CD. <laughs> I would much rather that. You know, one of the great things about iTunes, and and I mean, yes, it's kind of a double-edged sword. But to me, one of the great things about iTunes is it puts everybody on an equal playing field because you can oh. type any name you want to into that box, and it'll pop up. Right. And so it seems to me that everybody has an equal opportunity. I mean, you know, laying aside marketing, laying aside, you know, placement on the front page. When you get down to the just the, the skeleton of the way the the process works, everybody has an equal shot at at success mm-hmm. in that form, I think. Because all you have to do is type in the name and, and it all pops up there. Mm-hmm. True. So who do you like these days? Who's on your iPod? Hmm. I'm still... In, I got into Amy Winehouse kind of late. Okay. I love her. And um, I've recently gotten into Fiona Apple. More. Okay. She's awesome. Um, Which phase of Fiona Apple? What was that? Which phase of Fiona Apple? The early stuff or, or the, 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 the newer record, stuff? Yeah, the first record. Okay. Yeah. 
And then I just recently, the last thing I played, I think, was um, Hank Williams. <laughs> and then before that, I was listening to Sister Rosetta Tharp, who was an amazing, amazing blues guitar player and singer. I like a lot of old, I geek out on old guitar players. The uh, fingerstyle stuff and slide guitar, I like all that. And how about here in Austin? Any any Austin guys that we may not have heard of yet that that you're crazy about? Oh, probably someone you know, Red Volpert. I went and saw him last night. Okay. I love him. With Hay Bale. Great guitar player. Crazy okay. good. Um, this band called What Made Milwaukee Famous. <laughs> you might know them. They're going to be my band for the show tomorrow night. So that's going to be fun. I tell you what, there's a great Austin band called Wide Awake. They're just they're just they're just starting to kind of you know make some waves nationally. Uh, they've been pretty big here for a while now, but I, those guys are terrific. Cool, I'll check them out. Absolutely, um, they just released a new record, and I would tell you the name of it, but it totally escapes me right now. Um, but it just came out a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but they're they're great. They're, I mean, they started when they were when they were teenagers, and you know the music was kind of teenagery. But but you know now they're in their twenties, I believe, and and you know the just the leaps that their songwriting has taken in the past in in the in the span of you know four records has been just breathtaking. I mean, they they are really really good. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. I'll check them out. So, are you going to be touring behind uh, Road to My Love? Yeah, I'm going out to California, and then to the Midwest, and then to Canada. And then I'm going to the Netherlands and Germany in the fall. Excellent. Wow. A big year. Yeah. <laughs> fall. Is this your first overseas jaunt, or have you have you done that before? I've been over maybe four or five times. Wow. First couple times was Ron Sexsmith, and then um, went over to... UK a couple times on my own, and then another time with the Big Tanya's and some festivals here and there, stuff like that. And is can you compare the, the the reaction you get over there versus here? Is it is it comparable? Is it similar? Mm, there's some areas where they just love me. <laughs> I gotta say, and there's <laughs> some areas where it's um, you know same kind of like I don't know. It's it depends on um, on a lot of things, but there's a big tradition of songwriters in uh, Northern Europe, and um, when you plug into the tour route of like you know Ron Sexsmith and Bigotan, it's just like I'm lucky, you know. It's a great audience, um, and I'm. And you go over there, and you're an export, so you're you know a little bit more exotic. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, what's on the horizon for Anna Eggy? You know, I'm writing a lot and just enjoying this tour so far. Um, I did a bunch of great shows in New York with my band, and psyched about playing tomorrow night with the guys from. What made Milwaukee famous in California is going to be great with a couple of different bands. 
that are going to join me. So pretty much just excited about what, right now what's going on. There's a couple songs that I've been writing that won't leave me alone. That's always good. <laughs> and how many how many journals and notebooks do you have filled up with with song fragments? You know, pieces of lyrics or or, or pieces of music that that don't really have a home yet. I'm a writer myself, and, and I have just all kinds of character profiles and paragraphs and, and sentences or phrases or lines of dialogue that, that you know, you think someday will will find a home, find the home they belong to. Mm-hmm. Yep, well, got to keep writing it out, though. <laughs> I don't have a, um, I, I should be developing some kind of, system for filing away, but uh, it doesn't seem to be very close to my future. That would be good, though. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a great, great thrill having you on the show tonight, and oh, I, thank you. I certainly hope this won't be our last conversation, because we just scratched the surface here, and I'm a big fan of yours, and, and you have a standing and permanent form here to discuss anything you like, anytime you like. Thank you very much. I'm sorry if I'm a little tired. I had an early TV thing, and then I went and played basketball. So, (laughs) Sorry if I've been a little spaced out. I've enjoyed the talk. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You know, before I let you go, could I get you to do a promo for my show? Sure. As long as it includes the words Anna Eggie and Brandon's Buzz, all the rest of it's up to you. You can say whatever you like. Okay. And I'm recording now, so anytime you're ready. I had a really fun conversation today on Brandon's Buzz. This is Anna Aggie. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much for calling in and spending a little time with me today on my show. Sure, it was fun. Thanks for inviting Come on. me. Absolutely. Come on back anytime you like. Okay, thank you. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. The phenomenal Anna Aggie, everybody, on Brandon's Buzz. Uh, a great show. It's March 2nd, 2009, and I want to give you a heads up on what's coming up uh, uh, on my show and on other shows. Um, uh, uh, this week and in the coming weeks. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, with uh, a great actor named Royal Andrews. He was formerly of General Hospital. He was Lieutenant Tagger on General Hospital years ago, Sonny's nemesis. He has just started a fitness website and kind of human wellness website, and um, he's coming on the show to talk about his time on General Hospital, his time away from General Hospital, and his new website. So that's going to be great. That's tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Oh, I'm sorry, I screwed that up already. 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Wednesday with Courtney and Nelly, the webmasters of the One Tree Hill Web .net. It is the Internet's most comprehensive um, One Tree Hill resource. We're going to talk about the show. We're going to talk about the website. We're going to talk about their lives, how they got interested in all of this. That's on Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Thursday, 11 p.m. Pacific, 8 – no, I screwed it up again. 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific with a great gal named Claire Massey. 
Um, she was the lead singer of a 90s band called Tammy Show. They had radio hits like The Truth and Did He Do It To You, and She's Only 20. Uh, they broke up in 91, 92, and uh, Claire Massey has gone on to continue her travails in the music business, and she's coming on the show Thursday, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, to talk about Tammy Show and her life away from Tammy Show and her current projects. Um, so it's a full week here at Brandon's Buzz. It's www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. Uh, that's the show's website. You can also get information at brandonsbuzz.com. That's my blog. And you can download this show and all previous shows from the iTunes Music Store. Just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes search box. My podcast will pop up. You can subscribe to the show, and you can download individual episodes as podcasts. Uh, so that's all coming up on my show. I'm going to bring on my great pal, Joanne, and she is going to tell us about what's coming up on Stardish this week and next week. Hey, Joanne. Hey, darling. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine. I'm just sitting here. Sorry, I missed your little message because I've been surfing around trying to promote this, uh, join groups for Twilight and all that other stuff, so <laughs> I would have called in earlier. Absolutely, it's fine. Well, you've got you've got a couple of big guests coming up, and tell us all about it. You know what I do tonight at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Seamus Dever, who is formerly from General Hospital, Dr. Ian Devlin, and he was also on Army Wives, and now is starring in ABC's new hit show, Castle, with Nathan Fillion on um, ABC. So he'll be coming on tonight to talk about that. And the one thing that I'm most excited of right now is March 9th, uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, actor Taylor Lautner from Twilight and New Moon will be joining me and Amy Clark uh, from Mom's Advice, and it's being sponsored by Walmart so uh, and Summit Entertainment. So it's a wow. huge, huge, huge thing for Blog Talk Radio, and it's Absolutely. a huge thing for Stardish Radio. So I am elated, and I cannot tell you. Um, if anybody wants to go check out me on Facebook at Joanne Kubasek, I posted the entire press release. And uh, Walmart's got some great giveaways for uh, the evening of the release of the DVD. So they've got all kinds of like e-bite invitations and parties and Twilight viewing parties and all kinds of stuff they got going on. So definitely check all that out. And uh, after that, um, I'll, I'll be getting ready to go on my cruise, Rock the Soap cruise. So I don't know if I'll have any more shows in the month of March. Um, oh. I'm, I'm kind of just taking it a little easy this month because I was prepping so much for the Twilight interview. But um, it's all well worth it, so well worth it. You know, I didn't oh, want to um, bog myself down with uh, a bunch of stuff and uh, not put my full attention to it. So it's uh, it's it's a great delight that they thought of me for that. So I'm really happy about that. Absolutely, it's a great honor, and it's next Monday night, uh, mm-hmm. uh, March 9th. slash stardish and it's going to be a great smash. I'm going to be talking. About, I'm going to be writing a blog post about it later in the week to kind of draw mm-hmm. eyeballs your way, and uh, you'll be able to link to the show from my blog and from my website. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's I mean it's gonna be a huge huge night for you. Oh gosh, I, you know what they they told me that they're expecting more than ten thousand people to call alone. 
So, I mean, could you imagine? It's just like insane. And it's so funny because I was on Twitter earlier and I was just doing a search of Taylor Lautner's name to see what popped up on Twitter. And I found Star Dish Radio on so many Twitter sites. It was insane. I mean, it's just like spreading like wildfire. This kid, and I have to say kid because he's only 17. I mean, for crying out loud, he's the same age as my son. He's, he's, you know, he's a hot little kid, you know. And these little girls are going crazy over him, crazy, crazy, crazy. And I watched him. Uh, I, I saw him not grow up, but I've seen him in his younger years in a movie called Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I mean, as insane as that title sounds, it was these kids loved it. I mean, my <laughs> both of my kids watched it. It was on the Disney Channel, and then he was also in Cheaper with uh, Cheaper by the Dozen Two with Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt, and he he played uh, the character named Elliot, which I believe was one of the Steve Martin's kids' uh, boyfriend or something like that. But um, it's been a while since I saw it. But uh, you know, it, it's definitely Twilight is a new phen- uh, phenomenon next to Harry Potter. You know, this is yeah. it. She, she Stephanie Meyer really did something with these books. She I saw the movie and honestly, you see the movie, you will fall in love with Ed, Edward Cullen. I mean, I did, I did, I fell in love, I fell in lust. So definitely, <laughs> I fell in lust with Edward Cullen. I can't say that about Taylor because that would just be too creepy. But Edward Cullen, I could say it. <laughs> so well, you, you're gonna you're gonna create a whole new audience for yourself on Monday night. I have a feeling. And you know what? That's great. You know what? The, you know what the big thing too is when people register for Blog Talk Radio. It's important not only just to leave comments, but Select the show you're listening to as your favorite because Absolutely. as a favorite, then you'll be privy to the things that happen before anybody else. So that's uh, I, I found that tip out really yesterday. I mean, I never thought to say, hey, make me your favorite. But, yeah, make me your favorite. Make Brandon your favorite. I mean, we're on the radar. Check us out. And you know what? We're not going nowhere. <laughs> I certainly oh, hope not. I'm having way too much fun. I'm telling you, and you, you're going to have Ray Al Andrews on tomorrow night, and I just spoke to him a little while ago. He's pretty psyched about your show. Um, he's going to announce something that I'm going to take part in also tomorrow. Um, he's got this challenge going on, and Joanne is going to do it. Wow. So, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, he convinced me, so I'm definitely going to do it. So, uh, so just check that out tomorrow. So we'll definitely have to promote, promote, promote him tomorrow. Yes, we got Ray Al Andrews tomorrow. We've got um, Courtney and Nellie, the One Tree Hill Web dot net webmasters on Wednesday. We've got Claire mm-hmm. Massey on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Joanne has Endeavor tonight, and the star of Twilight and New Moon, Taylor Lawler, next Monday night. That's over That's at right. Starfish Radio. Um, so it's good stuff coming up. Definitely do. Definitely do. Well, we got one minute left, buddy. Yeah, I just got the 60-second warning, so we're going to wrap it up here. Brandon's Buzz in the can for March 2nd, 2009. Come on back to Stardust tonight, and come on back to Brandon's Buzz tomorrow. All right, have a good night. Thanks, Joanne. Okay, hon. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, I'm Laura Bonarijo. It's so nice to have you here with us at Brandon's Buzz. This is Gloria Loring, and I've just been buzzed by Brandon, and I gave Brandon some buzz. Hi, this is Gordon Thompson speaking. 
And I want to tell you that I have appeared on Brandon's Buzz, and I had a great time. And I think you will, too. So please, log on and have a look.